Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. We are a church that is for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We are passionate about helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So if you're just joining us for the first time, we would love for you to check out our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. There you can find ways to connect with us and see what's happening at Crosspoint. Now, let's listen to this week's Sunday message. Good morning. It is an interesting <clears throat> happenstance, happenstances are usually God's intervention and process, that <clears throat> the passage of scripture we're looking at this morning leads us into Valentine's, where we can be looking at uh, the passage in 1 Peter chapter 3, <clears throat> where it talks about the role of women and men, but we're going to take a different slant and a different look at it. <clears throat> So nobody has to sort of duck and run when I start talking about this stuff, okay? <clears throat> I just want to take you back a little bit and take a look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 9. And just a reminder to you about where we've come from. We had a beginning where it talks about how we were chosen, the fact that God had a particular plan for who we would be, that we have this hope in heaven that we really hang on to, and it worked its way through to the calling that we are called to be wholly separated, fully dedicated to the gospel. And then in chapter uh, 2, starting at verse 9, it says this, But you are not like that, for you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see... What it's moving us towards is this reality about who we are. Last week, we talked about what it meant to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And all of these things come together amongst us as we live our lives together in Christ to prepare us to be a people who share our lives with the world around us. If you go down to verse 11, it says this, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage against your soul, very souls. Be careful to live properly among uh, your unbelieving neighbors. Then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. This is what Peter is getting to. And when we take a look at this next section, it's really about the fact that God is at work in us and through us to prepare us to be a people who convey what the kingdom of God is. We actually speak or live our lives in such a way that the people around us take notice. Last week I made reference to Mark Twain's comment. He says, I see the church as an outpost of heaven on earth. We have the passage in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that talks about the fact that we are to be ambassadors, representatives of another kingdom. And this is what this is focused on. And so when we get into this passage this morning that we're looking at, <clears throat> this is the frame that we want to look at. The frame is, is that the instructions that follow are about what it means to represent the kingdom. It's about how we live our lives in this world. And so, starting at verse 15 of chapter 2, there it is. 
It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free. <clears throat> I love the fact that Cheryl made this little comment about freedom, by the way. Do you notice what that next line is? You are free, but you're really slaves. She used the phrase slaves of righteousness. I love it when the worship team does part of my preaching for me. <clears throat> it's a good indicator that God somehow went before us, right? And this is a key element. The reality is, is that <clears throat> we live our lives, and as we are pursuing God, He is shaping us and preparing a path before us that as we walk down it, we will start to see these little indicators of Him having gone ahead of us of him establishing something and has these little markers saying, yes, you're on the right track. And you have to look out for that. And as you live your lives, studying the word, understanding who he is, coming to small groups or being engaged in ministry, all these places are places where God can stamp your life in fresh ways. And in stamping your life in a fresh way, he also will then start to put markers in your life to show you, yes, you're walking in the right place. So thank you, Cheryl. Where are you? Ways, leave your, there you are over there. I wanted to make eye contact with you on that one. Yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. If you're a slave of righteousness, <clears throat> your freedom is a freedom to choose the right thing. Your freedom is freedom from anything that could distract you from doing the right thing. Do you catch that? That's what the liberation we have. We are not held by our, the lies that we've believed. We can actually confront those, set them aside and embrace the truth of who God is and who he says you are and what he expects of you and what he wants you to do. Uh, a Lutheran pastor from a number of years ago. I can't even remember his name now. But I remember the name of the book. Tell Yourself the Truth. And it was about walking in freedom in Christ. It was taking what the Bible said and saying, Really, God, is that what you think who I am? Didn't we just sing about that? If that's who you think I am, then why, how am I to live? How am I to follow you? So, let's go down to verse 21. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. So he is your example that you should follow in his steps. At the end of the day, God has given us an example. And one of the things I encourage people to do Sometimes when they're grappling with uh, their lives and how to move forward in them, is I say, why don't you just read the Gospels? Get to know who Jesus is. Because in him, we have two things. One, he reveals to us who the Father is. And secondly, he shows us how to live in a right way to honor the Father, to acknowledge his presence. 
to allow him to have space in our lives to shape us and to mold us. This morning uh, at prayer time, you guys, if you can make it, it'd be a good idea to show up for prayer because there's always something really good happening there. And uh, the scripture was shared from Psalm 119 verses, let me get this right, I think it was 97 through 104. It's a long chapter, so there's lots of verses in there. But the one that stood out to me this morning was verse 100. So it's 119, verse 100. If you're looking for Psalm 119, just go to the middle of your Bible and turn right, and you'll find it there. <clears throat> Pretty hard to miss. But the verse says this, I am wiser than my elders because I obey the commands of the Lord. Do you realize that wisdom is rooted in our obedience? And as we want to walk in righteousness, as we want to serve him and we want to honor him with our whole lives, one of the ways of doing that is knowing who he is, understanding his heart, his longing, his desires. And if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to know him. And we need to know how he lived his life and how he invested in the gospel. And in this passage, verse 21, as you can see, it's about suffering, right? What's it say? Even if means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. Our calling is not to be safe. Our calling is not to be defensive. Our calling is to follow where Jesus leads us. And that sometimes means hard situations. So when we get down to the passage about husbands and wives or wives and husbands, <clears throat> if you look at chapter 3, starting at verse 1, in the same way. What's the same way? In the same way that Jesus served, suffered. In the same way you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then even... If some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and relevant lives. What is this saying? Is this about her role in the relationship? Or is this about putting yourself in a place to make the gospel real in the relationship? You see, this isn't about the role. This is about our attitude towards those around us who don't believe. And in this situation, it's talking about a wife with a husband who doesn't believe. And it's saying to her, live your life in such a way that your life will be an indicator to them of who Christ is. In the same way that Christ suffered to bring the gospel to place. That's what your calling is in relationship. And if you think that the guy escapes that, if you just turn over to, or continue to verse 7, in the same way, husbands, you see, in the same way that Jesus invested, in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. 
Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. This is talking to a believing husband or wife. And it's not about the roles. It's about living your lives in those relationships faithfully. Now, talking to the husband specifically, he went a little farther, Peter, and he added an extra piece. He said that in our relationship, if your wife happens to be a believer, she might appear one pastor, King James says, uh, you are to treat your wife as a weaker vessel, right? Not that our wives are weaker than us, guys. It'd be a mistake to assume that. But the reality is, is that there is this honor and respect, and we are to treat them like that. And then he says, but, you know, if your wife happens to be a believer, you need to recognize that she's equal to you in the relationship with God. And so, we don't have slides for this next part. This is the free part where I get to say all kinds of things that are on my heart. Galatians chapter 3. Well, that one is up there, so give us Galatians chapter 3. There it is. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, free or slave, male or female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. The reality is, before Christ, we are all the same. When we get to heaven, there's not going to be male or female. We are all going to interact with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in exactly the same way. It's one of the reasons that this congregation is egalitarian. We believe that men and women are equal before God. And that belief means that men and women before God are gifted by him in the same way. If you take a close look at Ephesians chapter 4, where it talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, none of those gifts are gender-specific. And there's indicators throughout the New Testament that women filled many of those roles. And so we need to recognize that First Peter is not about roles. It's about living our lives faithfully in the relationships that we're in so that the gospel will not be hindered. Now I'm going to push it a little farther. I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 5 because I want to just, this is the parallel passage from Paul related to men and women and this is related to Valentine's Day. Verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 5 says, Submit yourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ. You want to have a good Valentine's Day? Submit yourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ. Oh, the next verses are talking about wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives. But I have to tell you, when I read that passage, I can flip those words around and read the passage and it does not lose its meaning. Wives love your husbands. Husbands submit to your wives. You read them and you can flip those words around in Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 21 or 22 is about the relationship being a mutual relationship. A relationship that is an evidence of God's relationship with us. And so yes, there is a question of headship in those, that passage, but it's related to the family. It's related to the marriage relationship. 
You see, even in the Godhead, there is headship. It says that Jesus submitted himself to the will of the Father. If you take a look at the Gospels, the life of Christ, one of the things you'll notice is Jesus said, I only do what my Father tells me to do. I only do what he shows me to do, what I see him doing. And we are called in our relationship with Jesus to submit ourselves to him because he is the head of the church. And that headship question is something that is a part of the marriage relationship. But in the body of Christ, there is no male or female. When it comes to serving Christ, we can stand shoulder to shoulder and serve together. Because that's what God calls us to do. We are to, in a sense, minimize the barriers between the person who does not know Jesus and them having a relationship with him. And so I encourage you to take a look and realize that when we are called, as Peter calls us, we are called to submit to the calling that God has put on our lives. We are set free, but we are still slaves of God. We are fully engaged in fulfilling his kingdom calling. We are fully engaged in taking steps to make sure that every relationship we have opens the door, makes a way for the gospel to penetrate and that we ourselves do not create a barrier to that gospel. Let's take a moment to pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you and praise you for your word. It's living, active. As was said earlier, it's like a double-edged sword that penetrates to the very core of who we are. I want to thank you, Lord, that your word speaks to us. But also, Lord, that you, by your spirit, make it alive. You show us ways to apply it in our lives. And so I want to thank you and praise you that we have a written word that you by your spirit quicken in our hearts that we can respond to and honor you with our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. Receive the benediction. You are the people of God, called by God into his redemptive mission. So go and be the people who you are. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Allow the Father to lay before you his intentions and purposes, knowing that Jesus has made a way for you to be free to obey him in all that you do. And then know that the Spirit of God empowers you so that you can effectively live your lives so that the world around knows who Jesus is. Go in their name. Amen. Hey, and welcome back. Thanks for listening to this Sunday's message. We hope that we've helped you in your spiritual journey and that you're drawing closer to God. At Crosspoint, we gather on Sundays at 10 a.m. in Northeast Edmonton and throughout the week in something we love to call home groups. Home groups are encouraging and transformational communities for people just like you. We believe that the journey of faith is done together. So we hope that you'll connect with us at thecrosspointchurch.ca. Now, let me remind you of who you are. You are the people of God, called by God, 
into his redemptive mission in the world. So be who you are.